welcome in to take the points, Adam Kramer, Marcus Mosier. But Marcus, before we talk NFL, before we talk anything, we need to talk about the most pressing topic of the day, which is the fact that during a UFC pay-per-view, when you invited people over, a generator supposedly gave out and you ruined a, tra- a transformer. Excuse me, that's, transformer. A, that's a sleep yeah. up from a generator. And you ruined the party. Yeah, yeah. And I want to talk about this because it was a wonderful pay-per-view. We had talked about it. You and I are UFC guys. What was what was the panic level? What was the response? Did the party just end? Were you able to place bets? I need the important details here. Yeah, so at about 9.30 during the undercard is when the Transformer Blue took out the whole blocks of electricity. I was getting the updates on my phone when it was supposed to come back on. I was trying to tell people that, hey, stay, stick around. It'll, it'll all work out. It never came on until about 3 o'clock in the morning the next day, but uh, was not prepared at all. This is a bad job by me. The generator uh, was at my parents' house. Uh, I was too far away to go get it. Uh, my cell phone was oh, dead, so no. I couldn't even watch the, the fight on my phone. It, it, it turned into uh, everybody leaving by 10 o'clock. So, yeah, it, it was not it was not Wi-Fi well is not an option. You are, you, your cell phone is your best bet. Wi-Fi? Nope, I couldn't. It, we did that for a little bit, got through the undercard, and then it was done because I had no way to charge it and get it ready to go. So, yeah, bad, um, bad job by me on that it, one. It was a card. It was a good card. It was a money-making card. We'll get back on track for the next pay-per-view. I'll actually be in Vegas for the McGregor fight. I'm not going to that fight, but we'll be in Vegas. We'll talk about that. Mm. Uh, but we'll also talk about NFL today and other things, sports gambling. One of my favorite gambling people in the entire universe, David Purdom of ESPN, a guy I've known forever, the guy loves college football. He knows NFL. Before this became normal to cover gambling uh, as a beat, this was the guy that was doing it, has been doing it a long time across the internet. We will talk NFL, NFC, uh, a little U.S. Open golf, of course, uh, because we can't help ourselves, right? we got to be yes, betting the yes. board and everything we do. So looking forward to talking to David. Before we jump into fill in the blank, reminder, guys, uh, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, check out the gameday.com, see what offers our affiliates have. So a little bit of a focus on the NFC, but also, Marcus, we've got some things happening. Uh, we've got some OTA updates, which are always fun. We got, we got all sorts of stuff, never quite in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. So let's start a little fill in the blank uh, with an interesting one that caught my eye this week. I am blank that Tua threw five interceptions in one practice session. Not surprised because if you've ever been to these OTAs or mini camps, quarterbacks throw a ton of interceptions because you know what you do in practice? You try things out. You try certain throws that you wouldn't try in a game. You're, you're trying to make ridiculous passes. It's not that big of a deal. I remember one practice where Aaron Rodgers threw like eight interceptions. It's fine. It doesn't mean that Tua is going to be bad certainly doesn't mean it's going to be good either. It's just, it, it's certainly you know, something. I'm not going overreact. full heel on this encouraged. Um, okay. Prefer them to be touchdowns. But when I watched Tua last year, who admittedly said he did not know the playbook, who was coming off a serious hip injury. It was the throws that he didn't make that were actually most alarming ball protection, mm-hmm. lack of production. I think he'll protect the football in games. They need to take more chances. They've got weapons now that should allow him yes. to take more chances. They should be a really good defense. They should be a much better offense. So it's kind of weird. I, I, again, I'm kind of going full, like, you know, skip Bayless on this, I guess, but I like it. Let him sling the ball around. Let him make sure. mistakes. He's got to be more aggressive. They've got to be more aggressive. 
I agree. It's always easier to scale back these quarterbacks and protect them than it is to tell them, hey, go be wild and reckless with the football because a lot of quarterbacks just aren't built that way, right? They want to be ultra conservative. They don't want to throw interceptions. I would rather have the guy in practice just slinging it all over the yard to see what he can and can't do. Maybe encouraged is a little too strong. I may have to walk some of that back. <laughs> I like it. Like, no, I it's like a it. good soundbite, I guess, encouraged. but it's kind of like, <laughs> uh, all right, this one near and dear to my heart. Woody Johnson speaking uh, with the media for the first time in what, four years. I've got my blanks about that. I'll fill in the blanks about Woody Johnson, uh, but he did, he was optimistic and he said, basically, you know, keep the faith as a Jets fan, which I'm trying, man. Jets fans should have blank in response to his comments. Faith. I agree with them. I think this is the first time in a long time oh where the Jets appear to be doing things the right way, right? They drafted their quarterback at number two they might have overpaid for Elijah Vera Tucker, the guard, but I don't care, right? They're protecting their quarterback for the first time ever. Uh, they could have easily cut Jamison Crowder to save some money. Adam, they didn't do that. Do you know why they didn't do that? Because they want to give Zach Wilson every chance to be good this year. They've got a ton of weapons around them. I do think Joe Douglas is building the team the right way. Have a little cautious bit of optimism. Okay, I have to. I have to protect my the scar tissue I've been, I've been built up and I don't want to hear it from Woody Johnson. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to hear it from him. It was coming from, <laughs> no, but look, um, Elijah Moore is getting just rave reviews, which is no surprise. Uh, Zach Wilson has been good. That means nothing. Uh, but yes, I, I think you speak to something, Marcus, it's how they've built it. Defensive line, offensive mm -hmm. line, skill position players. There are still holes in the secondary. They need to sign Marcus May to a long-term sure. deal. I think that's going to happen. This is a, I don't know. I was talking with my dad about maybe a seven win team, eight win team would be a win, but, but draft a, equity is still there uh, for the future. I, mm -hmm. I think it's reasonable to have faith. If Zach Wilson's good, they're going to be good. If not, it would probably be doing this thing in some regard again in a few years, but I can say as a Jets fan, I, I do have some faith. I just don't want to hear from that guy. It seems like they're, they're making yes. the right steps, right? They're building the offensive line. They're building the defensive line. I do like Robert Sala quite a bit. It sounds like the energy at practice has been really, really good. Baby steps. Let's let's see this team win a couple games maybe this year that they shouldn't win, and then I'll feel much better about them going into uh, 2022. Moving on. Interesting little background here because this is one that's been a little bit quiet. It's not surprising the story's a little quiet. Paul Tagliabue, of course, former commissioner, says look out uh, for point shaving, which is an interesting and, – and certainly if you're a – the sports book or the NFL, those are words you just don't want to hear, which is probably why, Marcus, you're not going to hear this uh, blasted across the internet. So I ask you, the NFL should be blank about point shaving. Unconcerned. I, I, I just don't think it's a big deal. I think it's something fun to talk about if you're a conspiracy theorist. It's just not all that not that likely to happen in the NFL. I just don't see it. I'm with you. I, I You know, maybe mindful, but not concerned. Yeah, Like you're always going to be concerned about this because if something like this happens, the integrity of your sport, I don't care if it's the NFL, NBA, whatever is uh, there. Sports getting betting is obviously more accessible now, but you're bringing it out into the open. Right. And I, I think ultimately the salaries, the impacts of these guys, like there's mm -hmm. so much to lose where. And there's so many jobs on the line in every it's single just, game. Right? Exactly. Right. Like you don't have to win a Super Bowl to, get a $50 million contract. So I think ultimately, not to mention the camera, you just talk about the attention. Yes, of course, it's the worst nightmare. 
I think it should be the worst nightmare for a lot of sports because it would really shock the foundation. But I don't necessarily think the NFL should be more concerned than any other sport out there. And I certainly think there's something, uh, it's something they'll take seriously. But still, you hear those words, ears perk up immediately. And that will be the case moving on. Uh, Madden cover, we're football obsessed. We can't help Mm. ourselves. Teasing uh, with some goats, walking out of a barn. Well done. I'm a video game guy. I'm appreciative of it. Blank and blank will be on the Madden cover. Do you want me to like tell you who it is, or do you want me to tell you who do you, should be? Do you know? Cover? Is it out? Is it like it? It's not out, but I know. Wait, wait, wait. Is this? I mean, are you? I don't, I don't, is this? A, are you sourcing this? Is this like? Uh, no, I mean, it's 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 not that hard to figure out, right? It's it's a it's a big goat and a baby goat, right? It's it's Tom Brady and Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, right? Breaking. It's, it's just what it is, and, and I like it. That's an awesome cover. I, yeah. I, I do yeah. this though with Madden covers, Marcus, like where do you go from Brady and Mahomes? Like, like what, what do you, <laughs> you can't do better. What than do that, you do? Right? Like, and we've done this before. Well, see, I, I, I like it when men used to like take obscure players and Peyton put them Hillis? on the cover. Like when Peyton Hills, when Peyton Hills was on the cover, that was the best ever. I wish they would go back to doing that. Like putting guys that aren't necessarily like pro bowl or all pro players on the cover. I think that Just would be like Joe Flacco next year like what what whatever <laughs> um I, I i yes i love that this was cool actually peyton hillis i believe was in the marketing of this too dressed up in his farmer yeah. garb yeah. um i'm trying to think of some of the more obscure ones obviously ray lewis was iconic at the how time about, how about mad how about from uh, our, one of our guys ryan how about madden oh, and Summerall? i mean wouldn't that, wouldn't that I be think nice i think that's like the only direction you can go after this like you want to like, even like, yeah. so let's say it's Russell Wilson or something next year. Like that's a Brady and Mahomes is it, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, like that's, you can't top that and probably won't be able to man in summer. I'm a summer all guy, golden tea roots, obviously <laughs> the originator of that. Um, I would be all for man in summer all, but yeah, I'm liking your route too, though. Just like very obscure, grab a special teams player from like, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers and just throw just, them on let's there. put Justin Tucker yeah. on there. Yeah, let's put Justin Tucker on the cover. There you yeah, go. It's a go. I mean, there you go. There's an even babier there, goat. There you go. Uh, and then as we switch into, you know, full-on uh, NFC, talked some AFC last week, doing a little NFC focus and dabbling there, blank NFC teams would make the playoffs in the AFC. Now, of course, like if you're going to be Joe or Jane Logistics and say, well, it depends on division and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we can, yeah. It's the vibe right? The vibe of the NFC versus the AFC. What is the vibe to you? So you got Tampa Bay and then, then it gets really hairy, yes. right? It's, it's the Rams. It's the Cowboys. Maybe if they win the division, it's the Saints. I, I don't Packers know. Assume if Rogers is, so is there, but I don't even feel good about the Saints. No, no. I mean, that's, what's so interesting about the NFC is there's after Tampa Bay, there's such a drop off between them and the Seahawks and the Rams and the Cowboys and Saints. It's just, it's a weak conference. It's It's, not great. The NFC West is a mess because I think the answer I could give you is three teams, but the results will not be indicative of that. And the talent level of those teams is a little hard. Let's name the six teams. Okay. Let's name the six teams of the AFC, right? It's the Chiefs. It's the Bills, probably the Browns and the Ravens. That's, that's four. And then it comes down to like what the Titans, the Colts, uh, who else Pittsburgh, do we want? Pittsburgh, Dolphins. Maybe? I mean, you know, at the end, there's some 
there's some chargers, I guess, if you want to go that route. Yeah. Chargers. So yep. high at the top, right. There's some, and we talked about this recently in the pod, like you've got, I think you've got like Tampa and you've got Kansas city, and then you're going to have this natural drop-off. It just feels like the mm -hmm. NFC drop-off is more. I, I just don't feel as good. I don't know what the saints are going to be with that quarterback situation. I don't, I don't know. I don't feel great about the Cardinals. Like, like no, I feel fine no. about them. No, I think they could be easily the worst team in that division. So how right? many, how many are we green Bay? I mean that if, if Rogers goes like gone, green Bay's in there. If, if, if Rogers is playing for the Packers, they're obviously in there. If they're not, I think Tampa Bay is a lock to get it out of the NFC. I, I just don't see any other team. The only team I see has the potential to potentially knock them off is the, is the Rams because of the defense, because of Matt Stafford, because of Sean McVay. But I don't feel good about any other team. Honestly, I, I, don't. I am kind of with you. And this is what could make for a super fun uh, NFL season, not just NFC season, but an NFL season. We talked about the parody and these odds kind of being jumbled together. It's either going to be really fun or you're going to have two or three great teams that just, you know, beat the heck out of everybody. And that's that. Right. But the NFC, there's just so many moving parts. And, and look, we assume Tampa is in line. We're betting on like a 75 year old quarterback staying healthy. And he probably will in, in an old team, in an old team going, you know, having a really tough schedule. So yeah, I mean, we think Tampa Bay is a lock to be the number one seed or to come out of the NFC, but it's the NFL. Nothing's a lock. I love it. I can't wait. 17 game schedule. Ah, oh, we're, we're almost there, man. We are so almost there. We're getting closer, right? We're in the, the dog days of June. We got camps opening up. Sadly, injuries are going to become a thing again. Uh, you're giving me reports of Tua throwing five interceptions in a practice. I'm eating it up like a. I also got to. I also got to say next week we need to talk about the big three team division bet that I made because I I found I find I took all weekend doing my research to figure out which teams I'm going to bet on, and I solved that. We're going to make a lot of money. You've made these this year. already though. This is the latest in a line of big division. Well, no, but bet. I made I I, I I I settled down on the one that I absolutely love, and actually. We'll talk about it next week. That's a, I want to see tease. the pendings, Marcus. I want to see what's pending. Yeah. It's it's, oh, it's scroll, <laughs> scroll, scroll. Uh, oh, I can't wait. All right, that's a good tease for next week. But coming up next, we will talk to our friend David Purdom of ESPN. We'll talk NFL. We'll talk sports gambling. We'll hit U.S. Open. Love listening to uh, probably some college football. We can't help ourselves. So up next, David Purdom. Very happy to welcome into the podcast an OG in the sports gambling world, a guy that I followed forever that was on this beat before it was a beat, David Purdom over at ESPN. Uh, David, first and foremost, welcome, man. Great to see you. Great to talk to you. Uh, take, us, take us through. I mean, things have changed, right? The landscape is a little more crowded, I guess, uh, than when you started. So take us back. How'd you get your start? How'd you land at ESPN and kind of the origins and, and where things are now and how they shifted when it comes to uh, sports gambling? It's been a dramatic change for sure. Um, I was working for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I was a, a web editor. I covered high school sports, covered some pros, some college. This is around 2008. Um, I was getting ready to get married and have a child. The newspaper business was going south quickly. I was getting nervous, so I started freelancing at a site called Covers.com. You guys are probably familiar with them. And I would just write like oh, yeah. you know generic. Uh, previews, SEC previews with the odds and so forth. And uh, when I started doing it, I, I found that I really 
like to write about it. Like the, the stories that came out of the uh, betting world were, were fascinating to me and interesting. And uh, I, I never claimed to be a, a, a great better. Um, and most people at that time, uh, anybody that was writing about sports betting was kind of selling picks or, you know, paying their professional better or things like that. I came at it for more just a reporter's role, more of just an interested writer's role. Uh, since then, we've had legalization about uh, three years ago. Um, we now have over 20 states that have legal sports betting markets. Uh, just three years ago, we had primarily just Nevada. Uh, now I'm competing against mainstream uh, journalists um, compared to when I was competing against touts uh, when I first started. So it's changed dramatically, but it's been kind of a whirlwind and a fun ride. Uh, David, you talked about some of the ways that it's changed over the last couple of years, but what's next for sports gambling and how it's covered? I, what do you anticipate happening? Well, we're seeing already just that it's being infused into game broadcasts. Uh, some people, some leagues are doing, you know, separate bet casts. Uh, ESPN has had one of those for an mm -hmm. NBA game where you can watch it and they have guys that are talk more about the numbers and more about the betting angles. I think you're going to continue to see that. What I'm really looking forward to is I think eventually you'll see Red Zone, which is always so popular in the NFL. Uh, they have obviously talked about fantasy a lot and switched around from game to game. I expect that to be more uh, gambling oriented in, in the future. And I think that'll be really cool when there's some gambling storyline shape up at the end of games they switch over to that and i think that'll be interesting so just more uh, infusion of gambling into the mainstream broadcasts i love david that in your twitter profile you say i am not good at gambling uh for someone that covers it uh it's great you've always had that attitude toward it but you know you talk about writing it and covering it is there a sport or an aspect of it that you are drawn to the analytics human behavior the outcomes whether it's actual a specific sport itself like what part of it has has really drawn you in the characters by far mm -hmm. from the bookmakers to the betters uh, and then just their past stories that they've, they've told uh, i've had, been really fortunate to get to talk to a lot of the old school uh, las vegas guys there's a group of probably a handful of four or five that have been there since the 70s, uh, late 70s, and they're kind of going to retirement now. Uh, but just hearing what it was like back then, you know, back then the mob was still in Las Vegas, legitimate mob. You guys have seen <laughs> Casino, uh, mm -hmm. and that was a, a real thing. And those guys were, you know, working behind the counter of sports books. They were in their in entry levels, and they saw those guys come up them. And, you know, they the, the mob guys would say, I want to bet the Packers, you have it at three and a half, but I'm only laying two and a half. And they would just tell them that that's what they're getting there. <laughs> okay, yes, sir. Uh, and that's how it works. So just the characters and stories that have uh, come out of the past of, the, of this remarkable industry, uh, those are my favorite things to write about. David, what's your favorite sport to bet on right now? College football. College football. I've always been a huge college football fan. Good man. Up in Oklahoma. Yep, yep. Adam and I have bonded over college football for a long time. <laughs> I grew up in Oklahoma. I'm a Sooner fan. Um, I started my newspaper career uh, covering Oklahoma State football for uh, the Enid News and Eagle uh, up in Enid, Oklahoma, which is a real small town in northwest Oklahoma. Um, I covered sports down in Louisiana uh, for a long time, so I got to see some LSU action. Uh, but yeah, I just think uh, college football is fascinating and I like it more than the NFL because of the variety of 
uh, offenses that you see in, in college football. I think that makes it stand out compared to uh, offenses in the NFL, which are pretty much, you know, the typical pro style standard. So college football is my favorite. Boomer sooner. All right, I got, we will yeah, get I got one more question for you, David. I, I, mean, Go ahead. I love talking about our bad beats. I mean, we can talk about our wins all the time, but nobody cares about that. They want to hear us uh, complain about our worst beats of all time. Do you have one that uh, sticks out to you? I do. In, in 1999-2000, right around there, Kentucky versus Florida. I believe Kentucky was getting eight and a half. Uh, Spurrier was still at Florida. Kentucky had been covering the entire game, and Florida was up by like four with under a minute. I was expecting you know Spurrier to kneel down. Uh, I believe it was it was either just, just – I know it was, it was Grossman back then. I think it was Rex Grossman was yeah. the quarterback. And – Instead of kneeling down, he goes play action bomb. Uh, with, this is like, you know, under a minute to play. They're leading. They just need to deal down. The game's over. Uh, and it scores it for a touchdown. Uh, I think it was Rashae Caldwell, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. uh, that, that caught that pass. And that was like something that always sticks out to me. The interview after with Spurrier, they like, why, why did you do that? Why did you go play action? You could have just kneel it down. Well, Kentucky was still blitzing, so we were going to take advantage of that blitz. And, you know, that, 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 that. and I was just like, oh, gosh. If that would have happened you know, in the current environment with so much more coverage, it would have been uh, just hysterical. I, I, he is the world's most lovable a-hole and, and, a, <laughs> and just the best. And I mean that in the best way possible. Um, before we dive into a little NFL and, and NFC talk, you know, Dan, I wrote about this, the college football play. If you're a college football guy, we're, we, we all love college football. But I think this is the NFLization of college football, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because the people that bet on college, a lot of my buddies, they, they don't bet on college. They love the NFL. It's like their ritual. I think this playoff is going to commercialize it. I think the betting handles will go up. You're talking about players being paid right now. Like, to me, the purist, and you are one, like think, oh, it's a bad thing. It's infiltrating on our, our, our world here. I actually think the opposite. I think you're going to see tremendous growth in the game. Gambling interest is going to go up. So what do you think of the, the talk of expanding it to 12 teams and the impact maybe on your world? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm excited about it. Some of the things that I would like to uh, see changed and a step away from gambling a little bit, I still want to see uh, the MAC champion and the Sun Belt champion get a shot. And I think yep. if you were to just make the winners of – each of the conferences, all of them, you know, advance to some sort of playoff and then maybe take a couple wild card teams out there. Uh, it would still continue that playoff feel that the regular season has. Um, I would like to see them maybe give a couple bye weeks, maybe two bye weeks to the teams, maybe even have random two week uh, uh, breaks for each team at some point in the season. Um and that's because I don't think we need 60 games. I can't watch and bet on 60 games on a Saturday. I can. 20 games? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I can figure out how to do that. You can. <laughs> but so from the betting prospect, um, that would be two things I'd like to change. But I agree with you completely. Uh, I just think they, they can't mess up college football. Whatever they do, it, people are so <laughs> passionate. And it's such a fun, uh, traditional sport with all kinds of – storylines are around it. I don't think they can mess it up, but I think this will be fun for sure. So let's, let's switch the NFL, although I could okay. talk about college forever. Let's switch the NFL. Um, we're talking a little bit uh, before we came on just about some of the movings. And this is a time of the year where the betting markets for future bets have set in, but it's, there's a lot of unknowns still, right? I mean, oh. with quarterbacks and everything else, what about the MVP? Uh, I, I know Marcus has, 
has has put his stake in the ground of who mm. he's like market you are you're matthew All stafford you we're, mm. so he is committing to that we've talked about that what's going on when it comes to nfl betting markets what's some interesting things you've heard or seen when it comes to the movement there yeah with the mvp uh i'll give you guys a guess and adam you can't guess marcus you gotta guess who which which quarterback do you think has attracted the most money at william hill sportsbooks to win the mvp Dak prescott no Baker Mayfield. Baker. It's really not Baker. even close. That doesn't make yeah, any sense to me, though, like, because he's just not going to get the volume, either. right? Well, but he's 40 to 1. So the odds that look a little more attractive than to a Mahomes, who's like plus 459 to so 2, or an Aaron Rodgers is 7 to 1. Right, right. Uh, there was a better in Illinois, uh, maybe Adam, uh, that placed a $5,000 <laughs> bet on Mayfield at 40 to 1. You know, that's $200,000 payout to win the MVP. So, uh, he has separated himself in terms of the amount of money that's been wagered uh, on him uh, compared to the other quarterbacks, uh, which is, is kind of fascinating to me. But again, uh, Mahomes is the favorite, and then you get to Rodgers. And Rodgers is obviously the key storyline of the offseason right now, right? Everybody has is wondering, where is he going to go? Is he going to stay with the Packers? Is he going to move? And how will that affect the odds? Right now, the Packers are about three-point underdog at the Saints in week one. When I talk to the odds makers who set that line, they say that is reflective of Rodgers being the starter. They think Rodgers uh, is still going to be a Packer, and that's how they went about setting their odds so far. When will that change? You know, will be, he doesn't show up for these mandatory camps. Do we get into July and people go, oh, wait a second, he's still not coming around. Uh, then we're going to see some sort of adjustment, I would think, and some people backing other teams. Yeah, the Rodgers piece is really interesting because if you look at, like, the the odds for the Packers to win the division, I think it was at the, before the draft they were, like, minus 250 to win the NFC North. Mm -hmm. Now they're, like, down to minus 125. Do we see that changing? Do we see if Rodgers isn't there, who do we expect to be the favorites to win the NFC North? You go with the Bears? I mean, I don't think you can go with the Lions. No. The Lions are underdogs in every every game. Maybe the Vikings. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's tough. Even with the, uh, you know, question mark uncertainty surrounding Rodgers, they still are the favorites in, in that division. So uh, once he makes his decision, you're either going to see the Packers become greater favorites in that division or, or they're going to come back to the field and you're going to start seeing Minnesota and, and the Bears being right even with them. David, when it comes to the odds makers in all of this, he is such a piece that can there's, there's liability all over the place, mm -hmm. I would assume, right? Like Denver, whose odds have, are really chopped. Right. When you look at, you know, divisional odds and even Super Bowl odds, we look at them and it's like, ah, you know, if that's Drew Locke, no thanks. So, you know, are they protecting themselves? This is not normal in the NFL, I would say, where a guy like this is hovering around. You've seen Julio change teams. There was the Russell Westbrook, uh, Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson uh, rumors um, where it was like, OK, what's this going to do potentially to the Bears? So are they protecting themselves? You mentioned the Packers odds are, hey, he's there. But there's other future you know, impacts of this as well, depending on where he ends up. Yeah, sure. Like you mentioned, the Broncos, they were the team that uh, was the most uh, thought that he, he would land there. Their odds adjusted to win the Super Bowl when the news kind of broke. Um, you look at Deshaun Watson as well. He's going to have a similar impact. And, you know, people always ask, well, how much is he worth to the line? Uh, that it completely depends on the backup quarterback. How much better is Rodgers than Jordan Love? Huge, huge difference right there. Whereas maybe Watson with Tyrod Taylor 
who is more of an established quarterback, maybe the difference is not as big. Uh, but these are two quarterbacks that are going to change the fortunes of whatever franchise they end up with, whether it be the ones they're at now or new teams, and you will see dramatic odd shift. I, I'm thinking, you know, more than a touchdown. Uh, in, in some spots. All right, David, I had to self selfishly ask about my Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East. Maybe I'm being overly optimistic, but I, I don't understand why their odds are only plus 125 to win the NFC East. Like from a better's perspective, like we, we like betting on good quarterbacks, right? Because it's the most consistent right. thing from year to year. They have by far the best quarterback in the division. I think they have the best offense in the division by far. What am I missing here? I guess people are kind of concerned. Is he, can, can Dak come back at full strength? Is he recovered completely? Are people to believe so? Um, a lot. Of, I've heard a lot of team for the Washington football team. A lot. Of, oh, oh, that's where I'm going. Yeah. That's where I'm at. There's I was going to say if it's magic, Heineke, all of era, it. Wash, wa very wash good. over me. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've seen a lot of betting interest on the Washington football team as well. So maybe that's just taking a little bit of the action away from Dallas, which is keeping their odds uh, where they are right now. But uh, yeah, Dallas is going to be a good team for sure. I'll take it, Adam, because, you know, Washington, listen, they're, they have a first-place schedule this year. There's a reason why Ryan Fitzpatrick has played on just about every team in the NFL, right? <laughs> that arm dies by about mid-October. So, hey, everybody out there, keep betting in Washington, New York, Philadelphia. I love it. Just keep driving those Cowboys odds down. I'm just saying, man. I'm a Heineke guy anyway, so don't worry, <laughs> don't worry about me. Um, so, uh, I guess, David, other you, you talk about Washington getting some steam. Um, are there any other teams in the NFC that you've noticed have have really changed odds? Of course, you know, with the trade, you know, with the Rams, that's very – in fact, that whole division I think is very interesting. So what other kind of buzz teams have been out there, and is there anything that's kind of just general observations of the betting public in that division? Well, the defending champs uh, in Tampa Bay have, have the most money and most uh, bets placed on them to win the Super Bowl than any other team. That's across all – uh, both conferences right now. So uh, there's still a lot of love for Tampa Bay. And we, we mentioned how this year is so unique with these two quarterbacks that are so impactful. Even last year when Brady was a free agent, people had some kind of question marks. Okay. Is he washed? Is, is he done? So it's not even, a, it wasn't even as big of a, a impact. Of course, then he goes and he's, he's a huge success, but Tampa Bay has been a buzz. You all nailed the other one to the Rams. Uh, they are very highly power rated right now. The Rams are, uh, they are listed as a favorite at green Bay. Uh, and again, those odds are with uh, Aaron Rodgers as, as the quarterback there for the Packers. So the Rams are another team that is, has a lot of respect from the odds. I love it. Okay, love it. let's – let's. You know, we, we were on that. I mean, we were on that early, right, Marcus? Well, the, I mean, in terms the Rams of are still, I think, plus 190 to win the NFC the NFC West. And I, I, I don't get why the 49ers are the favorites, considering it's probably going to be Trey Lance to be you know the quarterback for more than half the season. They've already had some injuries. I – I just think Stafford is going to be a monster there with the Rams. I, I do too. I think it's just untapped. They're going to open this thing up with him. Now that golf was bad. I think it's just a huge mm -hmm. upgrade. Um, now, David, I want to, we want to switch gears to golf. Okay. This is a, an NFL ish podcast that I hijacked to make a college football <laughs> podcast and sometimes a UFC podcast, but Marcus and I both love betting golf. Uh, you wrote a story. Uh, about Phil Mickelson it's up on ESPN and the liability there. We talked about scores and beats and, you know, I, I'd love to hear some thoughts on a, you know, just the U S open in general. Let's start with Phil, the liability there. And also like that PGA championship cash. I've been thinking about that thing ever since and just everything that yeah. went into making it possible. So talk a little bit about your article. 
Yeah, uh, Mickelson is an extremely popular bet. There are almost twice as many bets on Mickelson as there is on any other golfer to win this week wow. at the U.S. Open, and that's at multiple sports books, which is pretty crazy. Uh, the, all those flurry of bets started after he won the PGA Championship, where he was a 201 long shot to win that. Before that PGA Championship, he was 150 to one to win the U.S. Open. Now he's around 50 to one. Today's his birthday, actually. I think he turned 51, so his odds are matching his age for a little <laughs> bit. And all that money that's kind of coming onto him has put uh, William Hill, for example, their sports book, and, and facing a pretty big liability, seven figures. In fact, uh, Nick Bogdanovich, who's the director of trading at William Hill, uh, he, he said that that's the largest liability they're facing on any golf major since Tiger won the Masters in 2019 david give us a a sleeper here for the u.s open like somebody beyond 50 to 1 lower than phil is there anybody out there that you like you know i I played three guys and they're not 50 to 1 but they're they're not the favorites either um they're in the 20 to 30 range 15 wearing i played dustin johnson i played uh colin morikawa um, and, and Xander Shoffley, uh, those three. And I played them just to finish in the top 20. Um, some of those guys, uh, you know, Colin and, and Xander specifically, uh, West Coast guys. I'm a little concerned about DJ having to go all the way from uh, South Carolina, where he was last week, where he started to show some decent form, uh, having to go all the way back over to the West Coast. Uh, but like I said, I, I was impressed with DJ. That was one of his best tournaments that he's played uh, in recent times. So I, I took a stab on him as well. Um, in terms of a super long shot, oh, don't, don't worry, I got you. I got you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lee West. Oh, okay, the guy just got he ah. just got married in Vegas, right? What could go wrong? The guy had been Nothing. playing pretty well, uh, you know, before yeah. getting married. I I don't know, man. I'm getting Lee vibes now, David. It's funny, there's a it's like an ongoing theme on this podcast where I just embedding winners, right? It's like it's different in horse racing. I'm strategic. I'm trying to, you know, just, just make a profit in golf. It's like, Oh, 125 to one. I'm in. Uh, so I am Marcus, but I did do some top 10. Betting. I'm on Xander Shoffley, uh, top five and top 10. I, he, the guy's been just a whiz, right? The guy in the, he just can't win, but the guy's just been a machine. Uh, so Westwood is my, my deeper one. I am back on the Justin That's Rose uh, train. It, it burned me, David, at the Masters. Uh, I was in a cow. I, I mean, Justin Rose wins that thing. I don't know if I'm doing this podcast, frankly, but here I am. And then I, I like Spieth. <laughs> I like Spieth that, you know, I think he's, what, 16, 18 to 1 right in there now currently, depending on where you look. So that's been kind of where I've been bouncing around. I love this field. I love this event. Marcus, are you are you de- you got your guys? You got oh, your stable here lined yeah, up? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm picking DJ to win it. But my my guy that I like really really late doesn't have a PGA victory this year. But Tommy Fleetwood at 85 to one to win the tournament. I I just like Tommy Fleetwood. I like watching him. Uh, I like that one quite a bit. Ian Poulter, I believe, is like a hundred to one uh, to to win. I think that's interesting as well. Uh, but DJ is my pick. Uh, I'm also on Morikawa, by yeah. the way, David. So we got some good, we got some synergy here. Top, yeah, right. top 10, synergy. top 10 yeah. too, Marcus. I'm Let's trying, trying to <laughs> balance it out. Uh, David, I got one more question as a, as a gambler, someone that loves this and the movement, uh, and this is not golf related, but generally related to tie everything in is, you know, we're seeing the change in the evolution. Heck, we, I saw rumors today or this week that ESPN could one day be a sports book, right? Which is cool. And it makes sense. It's a logical transition. But betting in venues, 
I go to the a Raiders game in Las Vegas, you know, being able to, you know, there'll be a circa popped up in there or something, right? One day, how far right. do you think we are from what is pretty normal in Europe for soccer games for that being just a, you know, something that you do at a game, you walk up to the, you know, Wrigley field and you can place a bet and you sit down. I tell you that that was one of the most surprising things that's come after legalization. You know, the sports leagues were so adamantly opposed to legalizing sports, but they fought it for six years all the way to the Supreme court. And I I just never thought that they would flip a switch and go, Oh, we're going to put a sports book in our stadiums now, but we have, we have one at Capital one arena in Washington, DC, a William Hill sports book. That's been there. Uh, The nationals park uh, just launched an online book bet MGM and they're building a retail sports book there. And then where you're at Wrigley Field is in the process of putting one on the premises or near around that Wrigley Field uh, area. So it's, it's kind of weird because we all place our phones on our bets on the phone yeah. now, right? I mean, so do we really need a retail sports book? <laughs> I don't know, but it's still kind of cool to be able to go up there, sit down, look at the odds, you know, place a bet if you want to walk up to the window. And some people still uh, prefer that, that method dealing in cash, getting that hard ticket. Uh, some people do prefer that. So uh, it's been a very big success in DC with the Washington, uh, with the, that the uh, capital one arena, um, so we'll have to see if that translates to other ones. I think eventually these are all becoming sports exactly. bars anyway, right? I mean, they're just going to be, uh, you go there, you watch the games, you got odds and you place your bets on yeah, your phone. Anyway. You, but uh, that has definitely been one of the most surprising developments for legalization for me. You give me an IPA and I'll go to the window and I'll be on my way. And that's it, man. <laughs> that's my, that's, that's all I need in life, frankly. Uh, David, uh, real quick, where, where could people check out your work? Uh, you, you cover a lot of different sports, obviously. So what else do you got coming up on, uh, on ESPN? Uh, yeah, you can find out ESPN um, working on a story on these polarizing bad beat refunds that sports books have been given. Uh, you might remember John yep. Rom pulling out a couple uh, weeks ago uh, for COVID uh, when he was leading at the Memorial by six strokes going into the final round. The sports books, a lot of them either refunded uh, bets on him, or paid them out as a winner, or gave some credit on site credit. And these are things, uh, bad beat refunds have been popular in the UK sportsbook world for a long, long time, but they're relatively new over here in the US. And for some reason, it's this is what I'm trying to find out in my story. They're really polarizing. Some people actually get mad about sportsbooks really? giving people money back. So I'm trying to kind of examine why that is. And that should be on the site either next week or the following Awesome. Week. I wrote about it a little bit a couple of weeks ago, actually, on the game day, just how polarized, same thing. I don't have any of the details, but just the human behavior of it is fascinating. So look forward to that. Uh, David, thank you again, man. We'll have to, we'll have to catch up uh, at some point here uh, heading into the NFL season and talk a little bit more and hopefully our golf bets uh, do quite well. Confident, more confident than usual. Thanks for having me guys. Reminder guys, uh, you can check us out, Spotify, Apple podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. If you like our picks or if you you don't go to thegameday.com, see what offers our affiliates have. Appreciate David. For Marcus, I'm Adam. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you.